I know people really do think it's optional or it's a last place to look, which, you know, but the fact is everything physical always has an emotional and a mental component. And that if you don't look at the emotions, you're probably going to spend a lot of time, money and energy uh, wearing yourself out and not even benefiting by recognizing how emotions play into it. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna here with your host, Harrison, where the intention of this space is really me holding the container with my beautiful guest who I'll introduce here in a second. So you can dive into the layers restricting your love alignment and health so we can connect to that beautiful inner self-love so we can shine outwards into the cosmos. And today I have a beautiful being here to help me do just that, to connect into this love energy. And my guest today that I'm sharing with you with the intent of helping you really dive deeper into some layers that are restricting this beautiful energy that you deserve to express is my friend, my colleague, Deborah Wayne. Deborah Wayne is a speaker. She is a best-selling author. She is a healer in many ways, more ways than one. She targets anxiety. She targets depression. She targets trauma, chronic pain. She is the, the founder and the runner of the Chronic Pain Institute. And today I really want to tune, I want you to tune in and listen, if you suffer from chronic pain, if you are moving through trauma that you can't resolve, if you have an autoimmune, chronic fatigue, a mysterious illness that for some reason is not going away, then this episode is for you. My dear friend, Deborah, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. I just could not be happier than to be here with you. And Cosmic Love Antenna, it just like, this is so exciting. And I'm just thrilled to be part of it. You are a cosmic love antenna more than anyone I know. You really are. It's it's funny, Deborah. I um I don't know if I started referring to this term in the rooms that I did with you on Clubhouse, but it, it, it was around that time. It was around that yep. that time where it started sort of channeling through me. And and I just I'm I'm just before we begin this chat, I'm just really grateful for you as the being that you are. And I'm really grateful that you've come into my life, that, that you've taught me things. And I just, I love you very much. And thank you for being you. It's, it's mutual, really. It's just totally two way since the very first time I met you uh, on clubhouse, heard you speak. And I, and I remember even the first time I heard you use the term antenna and I went, oh my God, that's it. So I think I was there for the birth of that. Yeah, we'll claim it, we'll claim it. Um, yeah. Deborah, I want to begin here. So I think maybe people tuning in, maybe a big part of your audience, maybe part of my audience, but there are, for the people out there that don't know you, before we get into some of the topics and things I want to dive into today, I always like setting the foundation of who you are. And I think one of the things that helps us connect to someone is the pain and the challenges that they've moved through. Because these are the things that I think as, a, as individuals are part of the collective, we, that's what we get pulled towards. We get pulled towards the pain, but we get pulled towards the light 
that has come out of the pain in the person. So I want to throw to you, Deborah, here to give us a little, just a little tiny background of who you are, but specifically maybe some of the the challenges that you've moved through that allows you to do what you do in the world today. So I'll take you back to the pivotal moment when my life was either going to end or start. Uh, And it was over 30 years ago and it was a regular Monday morning where, you know, I would normally get up, get dressed and go to work. But that morning I found myself lying on the floor of my closet and I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't function. And I was out of ideas and I was out of willpower to kind of fake it till you make it one more day. I just was done. I was in pain from head to toe. I was living on drugs to get through the day. I was drinking myself to sleep because I couldn't sleep at night. And, I was And Deborah, anxiety. let me jump in super quick. You you were a dancer. Was this where was the dancer element in part the of this? The dancer was before this. Yeah. So the dancing I had ended because of that that ended painfully as well. Um I you know that that even came earlier and I started my life over again and I ended up um moving from New York to Arizona. I started a whole new career that really didn't fit at all, but I did it well. And everybody thought I was just great. And I had gained financial success. I got, you know, everything back on track. And there I was in my big, beautiful house, surrounded by clothes and furniture and all the stuff. And I was having suicidal thoughts. And I physically felt like hell true hell. And I was every half an hour, and I'm not exaggerating, I was taking some kind of pill to get through the day. And that was after two pots of espresso to get out of bed. And then I had to drink to go to bed. I mean, nuts. And I can't believe I didn't die from the mixture I was living on. And and Deborah, let me flow in here super quick. I think the reason, and I've heard you share your story before, which is why I wanted to you know, mine it here. Cause I think it's so powerful. And the, one of the reasons I think it's so powerful is your story, uh, you know, as someone is listening to this conversation, I think, and I know I can, but I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to, if not one of those elements that you just talked about or all of them combining, right. Your story is really, you know, the hero's journey in many ways, which we'll get to the, you know, the climax of this, but the going into the cave or fighting the demon or fighting the dragon, you know, you had a lot of those dragons. Different. <laughs> a lot of them. And, you know, I didn't even mention the food. Oh my God. So like I was, a, I became a binge eater. I either binged or starved mm-hmm. and, it, you know, I would have emotions, but I wasn't aware I was having emotional reaction to things, to life, to people. And I had a lot of fear. I had no clue that I was afraid of anything. I felt mm-hmm. invincible or so I thought. And so, but then I would sit down and eat two pints of ice cream by my little old self, all hundred pounds of me. And, you know, this was a regular thing, not a once in a while thing. And then drink, you know, an entire bottle of wine, sometimes two. Um, And then, you know, pop a few Valium. I like, it was nuts. Deborah, how old old were you at this point? I was in my twenties. It all started, but, but you know what, Harrison, I see how it began at 14. It began at 14. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like something was wrong with me. Like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't popular enough. 
none of this was accurate, but it was how I felt and yes. how I saw myself. And I always felt very self-conscious mm. and I would go over in my head, everything I said, everything I did, I would go over it and over it. And over. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? I should have done this, should have done that. I was, you know, just so anxious and, but nobody saw that it was very internal. And on the outside, it, I looked normal. Yeah, People did not see this. And but How, your body, yeah. but your body was keeping score, Deborah. Oh boy, oh boy, it was keeping score, and it, I was losing big time. And so I had to start covering up. I, I felt I had to start covering up to keep the game going. And I learned very early on, you know, to look good no matter at any cost. And I chose a career as a dancer since the age of four. You go on stage, you make it look easy, and no one has a clue that you're mm. bleeding in your toe shoes. No one has a clue. And then you go home and you're bruised and you're exhausted and you're starving and no one has a clue. And then you do it again. <laughs> and it's so, you know, I got used to a high level of pain, but I actually had a very low tolerance for pain. And this just went on and on and it manifested in different ways, but it got so bad this that last round that... I couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't. I didn't want to take it anymore. I, you know, there were, there weren't enough pills to numb it out. And I was sick and tired of living like that. And I knew I was headed for trouble and I had isolated myself so much so that I, nobody could see, but you can't live like that. You just can't. Mm -hmm. And I was too chicken to kill myself, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. The only way that I could have done it would be just to swallow the whole bottle of pills. But I thought, well, what if that doesn't work? Some people just throw up or whatever. You know, like I just knew it wasn't going to work. This story, and it's 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 funny. I, I listening to your experience, and I'm putting my my um my mind into the body of the people listening. And I think the listeners are starting to see a trend with some of the people I bring onto this podcast. And your beautiful experience and what you went through, and the pain and the challenges and the the energy and emotion of it all. I hope what people are starting to realize is that this is a human condition and it's not just a human condition that we all experience in our own unique ways. It's, there is also solution within it, right? It is not just happening for no reason, right? It is happening exactly. so we can expand and grow, but we need to be able to lean into that. I, I want to ask you something here, Deborah, and thank you for sharing this story. Thank you. I think it's a beautiful foundation there's something that you have taught me that I often, I now, whenever I speak it, I get a vision of you, your beautiful, your beautiful face in my eyes. And it's this, it's the statement of not just your body keeps score, but your body tells the story of your life. Totally. So, so I'm wondering, Deborah, I want to pass it back to you now. And I want to ask you the question with this foundation of your story set, what do you, what do you think, what do you feel people have wrong about chronic pain. Yeah. So what they have, the first most glaring thing that's incorrect is they think it's just a physical thing and they're focused on the symptom and they try to cut it out or drug it out. But the symptom is never underscore bold, big, never the root cause of the problem. Never for anything. The symptoms are never the root cause. I don't care if it's money, finance, romance, or chronic pain. It's not, it's a symptom. And if you don't go deep enough 
and ask different questions and look in a completely different direction, you won't find the solution. And this is why people suffer for decades and they spend all their money and all their time. Then they get pissed off and skeptical Mm -hmm. because they're looking in the wrong place in the whole conventional way of healthcare, which is really disease care and crisis maintenance. Sick care. Sick care. It's not health, anything. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just trying to numb out and suppress something that we need to pay attention to even more. We don't want to suppress. There's always a message in the pain. And so that's number one, what's going wrong. And number two and three, which are really the keys, is people don't realize how powerful they are. And what I mean by that is we are thinking, feeling beings and thoughts and emotions are a force as real as electricity. And we're using them day and night without any consciousness. We're just unconsciously thinking and having emotional reactions to our thoughts and everybody else's thoughts. And so it's like having a gun, a laser gun, and just using it all over the place and not knowing where we're aiming and what's going to happen and how we're shooting ourselves in the face, body, foot. So we're doing it all wrong. Yeah. And it's interesting, Deborah. I had a realization the other day, you know, just speaking to the potential element that you were just talking about, this, um, this, this unlimited well of energy that we can tap into. I connected it to the the limiting belief that a lot of us have that we are not creative. Right. And I, yeah. And I, I, I intrinsically believe that we are creative beings fundamentally. And I was analyzing, I was analyzing this limiting belief of I'm not a creative person. I'm not a, I don't have, I don't have a creative bone in my body. And a, a domino ticked over in my head and was like, okay, think about, the the potential and the power that's going into creating that reality that you're currently in of the I am not creative. The, right. This feel I want to get your thoughts on this, Deborah. How yeah. powerful is that person in that thought paradigm? That in itself shows you that you're creative to be in that state so intrinsically. Am I resonating? A hundred percent. This is what I became aware of all those years ago. It was like lightning and thunder when I discovered we are creative beings 24-7. But most people are unconscious creators. And the goal is to become a conscious creator. Otherwise, you feel a victim of everything. And that's the problem. And that's the solution. And that's what we're all going through collectively and individually. As a planet, we're discovering that we are not victims, but we're acting out that to wake ourselves up so we recognize we're part of the creation of this mess. It, it is a hundred percent. That's the key. Yeah. And we're using it all the time, but no one teaches us. I never once any, and I've gone to school for decades. Never once did I learn that thoughts are a creative force, Yes. that emotions are like putting gas in the car. <laughs> I never learned that anywhere and experiences, quite frankly, that's what opened me up to all of this. And I started looking at ancient spiritual with that. Wow. They're teaching this, but I never learned this in school and it changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, Deborah. And I guess where I want to flow to now from here, I had a thought bubble up, but it left me. It mustn't be the, oh, so yes, I remember it came back. The thought I wanted to share quickly, and I want to jump to another question here is, you know, this idea of bringing the unconscious to the conscious, 
is if anyone leaves, there's going to be many other drum gems dropped, I'm sure, in this chat today. But if you leave with something thus far, it's how powerful that is, right? Because if something is unconscious and it's acting in the background, then it's still dictating our lives, right? Like the, the example that I give is I talk a lot about inner child healing. And if we have an yeah. inner child trauma that's unresolved, it's still unresolved in the unconscious and it's getting our attention in the external world, in our relationships, in our finances, finances, in our chronic pain. So it's, yeah, it's, I, you need to bring it to the, bring it to the conscious, have awareness, take action on it. And I think Deborah, this flows into where I want to take it. Yeah. This is where I want to take things next here. You know, I, I went onto your website, the chronic pain Institute, I think it's .com. Is it .org or .com? .com, right? It's, it's internationalcpi.com. Yep, that's it. And on your website, you you break down two very distinct groups that help us with this. The three three distinct groups. The first category I want to hit on is uh, inf- uh, information fields or energy energy fields energy fields. Same yeah. similar yeah. sort of terminology. Right. What? How would you define what is an energy field? So every we live in a gigantic ocean of energy, light, and information. We're living in a giant field that is invisible to the eyes of most people. And, and this is what, you know, I really want people to do your best to stay open and wrap your mind around. There is an invisible universe that's actually the precursor to everything physical. We know from science, everything is energy, everything, 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 including your body. And the whether you can see it, touch it or not, this energy that's invisible is more subtle than something physical. But if you looked at your body under a high powered piece of equipment, you'd see all it is, is vibrating, changing particles of light and energy. And it, extends out beyond the skin into a field. Imagine when you look at a computer and you see an image and you blow it up, you see all the little pixels, the colored mm-hmm. circles. You're like that. You're, you look like that. And, and so does everything and everyone. And so we live in this giant ocean of vibrating light and energy. But around every living thing, including your body, is your own unique field. And it is like a recording device that's literally recorded everything you've ever experienced, uh, whether you believe in past lives or not. As long as you have existed, you've recorded and it's in your field. Now, this is vibrational information. So, so I can feel it. I can literally scan the field and just like an MRI machine does. And I can feel what's going on in your field, whether it's disturbed information or coherent, harmonious information, it's all there. And this is the key to health, energy, and and, and happiness. And yet nobody's looking there. It's the missing piece to the health puzzle. And it's the precursor. The field comes first and it's constantly talking to the cells of your body and it's impacting the cells of your body. And it works both ways. You, your thoughts and emotions are talking to your field and your field's talking to you and everything that surrounds you in this gigantic field. So all the people, the podcasts you listen to, the information that you take in, in the giant field is affecting you. It's 
when you get this, it changes. It's, it just changes everything. It's, it's so big. <laughs> it's so big. It's uh, so a few, a few things have bubbled up in me that I want to share here. So first of all, in relationship to thought forms, right? You just talked about everything outside of us impacting us. We can now have a conversation. I've had guests on, we've been talking about entities, talking about like loving both the loving spirit guides, angels, all those sort of things. But we're now, but when we talk about these energy fields, we now, we now have to implement and be mindful of the negative thought forms, right? The things that are on media, the things that are on the news, the thing that's on social media, all of these things are thought forms and energetic resonance that impact your energetic field. The other piece that bubbled up, Deborah, is in the shamanic perspective, there is this term called soul loss or a soul fragment. And when we go through a traumatic experience, as you were just yeah. talking about feeling, feeling someone's auric field or energy field, yeah. a fragment occurs, right? And this is, and we're probably going to get into this with emotions, but this is where we need to be mindful of. It hasn't, it hasn't, it's not lost to us, but if we can do this kind of healing work, now we can, we can bring it back in. We can become back into the integrated whole again. Do you, what are your perspectives? Does that resonate? Does that make sense to you? Or would you add a different perspective to that? Oh yeah, no, a hundred percent. The, what happens is, is we feel separated from our wholeness. And in fact, I just today got an email from a client I worked with yesterday and I hear this all the time. Uh, I worked on her virtually over zoom privately and she's, worked nothing's helped her and she emailed me today and said the most amazing thing happened deborah i felt like a f- and she these are her words i didn't use these words at all she said i felt like i had been fragmented mm-hmm. and now i literally felt myself and feel myself in my body in a way that i've never felt and i yeah. feel more like myself than i've ever yes. felt before i hear that phrase over and over i feel more like myself she said i think that the pain was so bad. I just wanted to escape. And that's exactly what happens. And we disassociate because it's too painful, whether it's trauma, abuse, an accident, an injury, a surgery that went bad. It doesn't matter what it is. You can literally separate from yourself and you'll feel fragmented. You you will disassociate. And to an extreme, I've worked with people who were told they were schizophrenic or bipolar. It's an extreme form of of, uh, separation. But like you said, it's really not true. You can't separate. You just change your awareness. It's like all of a sudden you're only, you're looking at a different window or you're watching a different channel. There's a cable with a hundred stations, but you're dialed into a different frequency, a different channel. And I help bring that back into coherent, harmonious wholeness. And that's possible for everyone. It doesn't really, no matter how bad it has been, that's the point I want to get across is that you're not stuck there. Yeah. But we have to get the, think of it as your instrument, your antenna is out of tune and we have to retune the antenna, the instrument, just like a guitar to get it to sound good again. Mm. That's, that's how we are. I, uh, I love Devra. You brought in the antenna analogy and that's one of the reasons I use it, right? It's because it's, there is a frequency that we need to learn to not only 
yeah. you know, help expand into the cosmos and, and be, become more fine tuned and, you know, work out the layers, restricting health alignment and love. We then have to bring in the physical body, which is a whole other chat, but Deborah, let's, let's sidetrack here a little bit and let's go into another area that I want to hit on. And this is now, so we've, we've hit the energy field, right? The, the around us. Now I want to talk about another element of this, and this is thoughts and emotions. And let's, let's hit on, let's go thoughts first. And just to give a bit of, you know, my context here, I'm doing, um, and again, this is because of you, Deborah. One of the what you're one of the reasons why this has come into my life. I'm I'm starting a mystery school next week, and in the mystery school, I'm I'm going deeper into my channeling abilities and all these beautiful spiritual education and all this sort of stuff. And um, one of the first lessons I've moved through is just learning about the different layers of our light being right, and how that 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 energy field that you just talked about. There are multiple different energy fields that make up our the entity that is us and two of those different layers is the mental, the thoughts and the emotional. So I want to ask you now, my friend, where do our thoughts come into this? Where do our thoughts come into this conversation we've had thus far and where can they come in in regards to our healing journey? So thoughts are are key to everything because we are, thinking beings and process life through thoughts, whether you're aware of them or not. Most people are, most people are overly aware of them. Some people jump quicker to their emotions, but most people in our culture are think are overthinkers. And they're just, they believe every thought that they're, that they're going through their brain. And these thoughts are creative forces, as we've said. So we, we've seen in science labs that the average person is thinking 90,000 thoughts a day, which is a hell of a lot of thoughts. And what I find working with people is that most people are basically recycling about a dozen thoughts over and over, you know, like a variation mm-hmm. on a theme. So imagine if 90,000 times a day you're thinking some negative thought that actually has the power to create yep. or, you know, this is how and, and thoughts literally can be they form things. They become things. Yep. Thoughts are the precursor to the physical. So you're going to shape your body. You're going to shape what shows up in your body and your life by the thoughts you're going over and over and over. So we have to get very aware of and and recognize, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, my thoughts just happen. No, they Mm. don't. We are programmed as children before the age of eight or nine, based on the environment we're in, we do, we're our brain is like an empty computer with no virus protection. So the thoughts that are put in there, they form the foundation of our belief system. And we buy into most of what our parents say, the schools, the churches, these, these, we buy into it as if it's gospel truth. And we don't question it until decades later when we have some kind of shock or chaos or chronic pain. And then we say, wait a minute, not everyone's living like this. Right. But these thoughts, they, they create an emotional reaction. They're connected to the emotions and they're, and the emotions are driving our choices. Yeah. But let me jump in there before you get to emotions, because that's where I want to go next year. And I I just want to, I want to plant 
plant a seed here with yeah. what you're saying around the thoughts and this it's so important for people to hear this and i think if people have tuned into episodes before you've heard me speak about the the ego structure the ego mind structure and you know within the spiritual community we need to be very careful with you know punishing and 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 destroying the ego and pushing the ego into the corner because it's there to support us in many ways but as deborah as deborah is saying we also need to see where its limitations are and what the ego mind is is it's a it's a thought complex right or a belief complex and it is is constructed as deborah said mostly from our external reality mostly from those those elements the 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 religion that we're a part of the culture the media that we watch the family we've grown up in the the friendship group that's influenced us and it's it's our role to to audit right it's our role to audit that ego structure not to punish not to kill not to destroy but to uh, and I'll, I want to see right. if you if you resonate with this analogy Deborah it's our role yeah. to to prune and weed the garden right absolutely and most people don't do that till they're much older um unless they're somehow still very connected to their intuition yes and have a very strong gut instinct that they trust at a younger age, which fortunately I did have, but even still I ended up buying into because, you know, everybody wants to fit in and get approval and confuses love with approval. And so, you know, if we don't examine those thoughts, they rule us literally and they determine the outcome of our life and our choices. And then we feel like a victim yeah. But we're not. It's based on the thinking habits that develop. You know, the brain is like a Google search engine. And what you think about all, you know, when you type something into Google, you get 15,000 pages of stuff that all relates to what you typed in. Yeah. So your brain, if you start thinking about, uh, oh, this pain is never going to leave. Oh, my God. You know, I'm so not enough. I'm I, I'm just stupid. I, I'll never amount to anything. You think thoughts like this, you're going to get more and more and yes. more of those thoughts. You're going to start to notice other people who think like you do. You're going to notice the the um, all of the media that backs up everything that you believe to be true that you're rehearsing in your head. Yep. So the work to do is between your left and right ear. That's the work to do. I mean, it's so profound, my friend. And I think people need to keep hearing that till the cows come home. And I, I have a, so the, I want to go into emotions here in a second, but something else come, came up that I just want to share with you. I want to get your thoughts on. You talked yeah. about, you talked about intuition and yeah. I, I subscribe to, I think it's Carl Jung talks about this four, four states of sort of how information flows throughout. There's, there's thinking, there's mm-hmm. sensing, there's, there's feeling and there's, uh, and then there's intuitive intuiting. Yes. And yes. I, we grow up in a culture at the moment that it emphasizes highly emphasizes only the thinking aspect of our consciousness, right? So we exactly. grew up as children that yes. only, you know, it, 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 it creates a kind of human that it only has that one way of being the thinking. My question, Deborah, I'm, I'm wondering, and if, and we'll see what comes up for you for this. Do you think that if we were in a culture that, that emphasized all four of those elements as children, do you think this would be just as much of a problem? 
Oh, no, I'm certain we would be experiencing a completely different reality mm -hmm. because it would be multifaceted and we would recognize that the thoughts are to back up the intuition. Mm -hmm. There's value in thinking, but there for it to rule. And I agree with you 100 percent that we live in a world that overemphasizes intellect and has made it into a god yes. and um, has really somehow along the way decided that our feelings and our gut instinct and the higher thoughts that can come in from a, literally a higher, more expanded place. It has nothing to do with our upbringing, our conditioning and our personality. Um, we've made that into some kind of woo woo, weird, yeah. non-trustable, you know, fluff yeah. when it's actually the most important information we could get. <laughs> it's, I laugh because you know, that's one of the intentions, Deborah, of this podcast is to really have, make these conversations normal, right? Yeah. Make that, make the woo woo that we just spoke of. And these, yes. and these alt, these quote, and I don't even like saying it, but the alternative perspective, yeah. the normal perspective, right? Let's, let's, let's make the conversation from all of these different lenses because we are truly holistic beings. And this comes through our way of, you know, taking the world like this. And, and we wonder why coming back to, you know, the chronic pain of it all, we wonder why that we were in this space because, you know, this is a big part of it, right? We're ignoring fundamental elements of what makes us the spiritual human being that we are, right? Absolutely. It will create pain. If we only live in the one facet of the mental, intellectual, it, inevitably there will be some type of pain or dis-ease. Yes. It just, we are not that one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we are a multi-dimensional, multifaceted you know, holistic systems of systems that is dynamically moving through time and space <laughs> to put it very, to put it, uh, you know, succinctly, Deborah, I want to, let's switch here a little bit. So we've talked about, we've talked about the energy fields, talked about mm -hmm. the thoughts. Now let's talk, talk about one of my favorite uh, topics, the emotions, right? So how, how does the emotions fit into this conversation that we've talked about thus far? So emotions are probably the most overlooked and the most important key. And I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the science behind this yep. as well, because Let's I think it. people will really understand this is not just some, uh, you know, touchy feely, everybody should <laughs> love it. That's not at all where I'm coming from. The fact is emotions are made of energy and it's supposed to be energy that's moving. Like think of flowing water. And, and if you have a hose and you turn the hose on and water's flowing through it, but you start squeezing that hose and the water can't flow out it will bulge and get bigger and bigger and eventually burst. And that's what happens to us when we don't allow uh, emotions to flow. And we will eventually have some significant problem with health or in some area of our life. And yet again, we live in a culture that says, don't bring those emotions here. They're unprofessional. You, you are, it makes you look weak or like a sissy or stupid, or it's somehow these yes. incredible, colorful emotions that make life rich and deep and incredible have taken a back seat.
the most important thing to recognize, and my favorite research came from the late Dr. Valerie Hunt, who was a PhD at UCLA in California. She was the first person to ever measure the, the energy field around a person's body. And what she discovered is that emotions carry frequencies that are measurable, and they are the strongest frequencies that are having the greatest impact on the physical mm. and, emo and body and the mental state of a person. And that these emotions uh, are either the key to destroying your health or improving your health. Mm. Now, we never hear about this. And she even created a, a piece of equipment that does this, but because it wasn't funded, yeah. it never went out into the mass you know, market. It wasn't marketable like you see other equipment. And so people don't even know about this. And she has 40 Deborah, years. Deborah, what was the machine called? What's the, what's the device? I'm called? sorry. I don't know what she, it was, I can't remember what she called it, but she basically, you know, called her, talked about her work as bioenergetics and, yeah. you know, measuring the biofield. Yeah. And was one of the first to really do all of this and get yeah. it documented and, and had a lab and she did, um, double blind studies and just pre she said, I am a hundred percent certain that emotions are the number one cause of disease. Yes. That's how sure she was. Yeah. And well, Deborah, let me jump in here. So yeah, this is yeah. so significant <laughs> what yes. people are it hearing. Really is. It, it's the it, key. it is. It is. And I have a question I want to ask you, but before I get to that, I just want to add a couple of things. So the, the analogy that you that you talked about with the hose and the yeah. and the hose getting bigger and bigger. I think it's a beautiful one because it shows going back to the body keeping score, right? And how and many people listening to this podcast, I'm sure, have been either currently going through this experience or have been yeah. through it in the past, where they've done all of the things, they've done all of the physical modalities, they've gone to get a massage, they've changed their yep. diet, they go to bed yep. early. And they yep. still have the same issues. They still have the chronic yep. pain. They still suffer yeah. from the, you know, the autoimmune, the chronic fatigue, the mysterious yep. issues. And this is the crux, right? This element this of the, key, right the emotion, the emotion being energy in motion and that energy not flowing in the way that it deserves to flow. I don't, yeah. I, and oh, I, have to, I lied. I have two questions, Deborah. Yeah. One, do I don't like the word blocked, but I like I, no, what, no, what I, I don't, even, I don't yeah. even believe in blocks. There no. are no blocks. There but are only blind spots. Blind there spots, are no yeah. Blocks. And being channeled mm -hmm. in the wrong direction. So being exactly. being channeled. So the the hose analogy. So one, okay, you said yes to that. You've resonated with it. The other question that I would ask you, Deborah, that rose up is is does is does everyone that has a physical condition do they need to look at this emotional element? Because I think some people still think it's optional. I, I I know people really do think it's optional or it's a last place to look, yes. which, you know, but the fact is everything physical always has an emotional and a mental component. And that if you don't look at the emotions, you're probably going to spend a lot of time, money and energy uh, wearing yourself out and not even benefiting by recognizing how emotions play into it. 
So I feel it is critical. It should really be the first thing that happens is that people get in touch with how they've been feeling, what's been going on in their life, what's changed, what's been causing, bringing up emotions that particularly the ones they don't want to admit they have, they don't want to feel, they learned at a young age, particularly they, they shouldn't have and don't bring those here. That that's where we want to look first, not last. I just found my, I found my my soundbite for the start of this episode, Deborah, and I'm just so happy you said that because it's just it's a belief that I that's that's always felt so entrenched inside of me, and I so thank you for saying that. Thank you for affirming my love, my friend. And I I guess I have a question on top of that. So I yeah. I often say this to people. <laughs> I often say that you you need to consider this emotional element and as not at the very least as something that's exacerbating your problem and at best the root cause of it. What would you say to someone that is triggered by that? What would you say to someone that is that is triggered and says, "No, I just I just want to look at the physical. I just want to take my supplements. I just want to move my body." What would you say to someone that I either says that or is triggered by what you are saying? Well, some people are not willing, and if they're not willing, they're not willing. And if they're they're not willing, they need to learn something from just going down the physical trail, and they will. They're going to learn a lot, and they will come out of that learning with um, questions and conclusions. And nine times out of ten, they're going to come out of that saying something's missing and something's wrong because I'm not. I'm still hurting. <laughs> uh, but you know, there is there is a slight chance that someone will, oh, I'll give you a great example. I got a call yesterday from a woman that uh, I haven't worked with in years because all of her chronic pain and anxiety was resolved. And now, and she says that the pain is back and I can already guarantee you what's happened, but, you know, she said, and I, I, you know, looked at the physical reasons for this and I can't figure out what's wrong. Well, I'm certain what's going on has emotional roots. It's related to fear, Mm -hmm. but she hasn't been willing to look at that yet until now. Because when the when the pain is greater than the fear, you'll look at the pain. You'll look at the emotions. Yes. So there's a slight chance that you know sometimes um, you'll just deal with it physically, and you may get relief. Will Mm -hmm. it heal the root? Perhaps, or it may be a temporary fix. And then there's still a weak link. And so people keep finding they injure the same thing over and over again, or they have an accident again and again, or they keep attracting the same relationship with a different body again and again, because they haven't really gotten to the root. They just had a temporary fix. And eventually, in my opinion, you're going to have to still look at something about the emotions that are driving your choices. Yes. Uh, it's, we could talk about this for hours, my friend, and I, I love you very much. And I just, I, this is so valuable for you listening. I hope that, you know, the, the beautiful beings tuning in in the podcast world, you're getting a bit of insight and deeper reflection out of this and what Deborah was saying about the reflections showing up in our external world, right? I'll put it very simply. What, what, what are emotion? And we've said this before, emotion is energy in motion. What are we as yes. human, as beings? We are made at a very fundamental level of energy. So just from that lens alone, you can see that a challenge that you are going through 
is an energetic challenge, right? It is an emotional challenge just by the fundamental laws of the reality of what we are. And if you've heard me speak, uh, you know, I would encourage people to go back and listen to my inner child uh, episodes that I've recorded. And in the inner child, I talked about that element of if I was, if I had a childhood trauma where I was abandoned as a child and that wound, for whatever reason, I was unable to heal, how that wound will get my attention that if I'm not healing it and seeing it in my body through by only doing physical modalities, for example, it's going to get my attention in other ways. How do you think it's going to get my attention? Well, it might come up in other physical ailments or it might start reflecting in the external world as partners in my relationship that continue to abandon me over and over and over again. Not to put salt on the wound, but to remind me of what needs to be healed and how much I deserve to lean into that. Does that resonate, Deborah? Exactly. No, that's a beautiful way to explain it. Um, And again, because people often feel like a victim of all these experiences, but they're not a victim. They just haven't learned the complexity of their creative ability (laughs) and how it's showing up because life is for us. It's always communicating with us and showing us what we need to pay attention to and giving us messages, but we haven't learned to interpret them properly. Instead, we, we think life is against us and it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's we live in a reality where not only is everything happening for a reason, we live in a reality where everything is happening for us, not to us. So I could not agree more, my beautiful friend. I want to have a couple more questions here, Deborah, before we wrap up. And the next one I want to ask you here is okay, so we've talked about the the energy fields, we've talked about the power of the thoughts, we've talked about the power of the emotions. In what you do in this world, you bring this all together in your high-speed healing method and, and and protocol and process. So I'm wondering if you could quickly explain, you know, and I know we're going to get to this in a second in terms of the things that you want to offer and all the, that sort of stuff, but maybe give us a summary of, okay, how do you bring in these three elements, the emotions, the thoughts, and the energy fields to help people through chronic pain, mysterious issues, autoimmune trauma, et cetera? So the first and the fastest and the safest and the easiest way to deal with any type of pain, pattern, illness, symptom, including the mystery symptoms, is to work in the energy field first. And I've developed a sensitivity that I can scan a person's field, even remotely at a distance across the world. And I can do it with groups of people as well. And people get individual results. And what will happen is, is I can find where there are disturbances in the energy field. And I have access to a state of consciousness, a huge bandwidth of uh, various healing frequencies. And you will get the ones that you need. And it starts to affect and have a dialogue, basically, a dance with your energy field. And just like tuning those guitar strings, when your vibration is changed, you will change, your body will change, your mind will change, you will feel differently. You literally have a possibility of 
becoming a different person instantly. It has nothing to do with time and space. It has to do with vibration and resonance. And this is an instant thing. You know, the speed of thought is instant. Mm. The speed of these frequencies is instant. So it does, you know, we have some misunderstandings again about healing. It doesn't take time. It has nothing to do with being in my office. And it um, it can be very, very easy. Now, not everyone has all that happen instantly because it really wouldn't be best for them. And you'll always get what's best for you and yes. you won't get more than you can handle either. Mm -hmm. And so some people have a slower process, but not because it takes time. It's because it's best for you mm -hmm. to digest it. Um, so I'm able to, via the field, have a communication and literally help you get a leg up to a different state of consciousness where there is no disease, where there are, is no pain. There's a state right now, no matter how much you're, you've been suffering and no matter how long you've been suffering, where you're not sick and you're not suffering. And I help people access that state more rapidly and safely than any other method that I'm aware of. And it, it, um, it's Powerful. quite profound profound it really is i still yeah. i'm blown away by what i see happening every day and uh very exciting and quite frankly i believe this is the future of healthcare. this is the future of health and we've entered the age of energy quite a while ago and yeah. now everybody's more and more the science is coming out that everything is the key is energy vibration and frequency that's the key to everything and deborah and speaking to all the science and the shifting in the sort of collective mentality and mindset behind this, I would encourage, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast up to this point, you know, you're probably there right there with us, but if you're still, there's still a part of you that is skeptical and I actually encourage healthy skepticism. I would, yes. I would look into the work and I know you've shared some summits and some maybe stages with Mr. Joe Dispenza, Deborah. I would, I would look into him specifically about what you were just talking about in regards to there is a reality in which you yes. are healed, right? We, we don't, we don't just live in a multi dimensional reality. We live in a multi faceted multi timeline reality. Yes. So, and Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about it a lot in his books, in his research and what I'm getting at here. And I'm just supporting everything that Deborah's saying there is a, there is a time, a space that is not, that is not dependent on time and space where right. you are that whole, complete, healed, abundant, loving relationships, all the things already, right? So again, it comes back to you tapping into your potential, you yeah. tapping in, into your power of choice to align with that. Did I summarize and, and that? You have to recognize that there's a, there is a state it's higher than the mind. You know, yes. right now it's very in vogue to talk about beliefs and in, in the mind and the power of the brain and all of this being neuroplastic and changeable and reprogrammable, which is awesome. But there is a state of consciousness yes. that's higher than the thinking mind. That's what we're talking about here. But in order to access that, you have to have a way to access that because otherwise you just stay at the level of your consciousness and your thinking. And that's where people get stuck. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, this rabbit hole of those states above the mind 
this is again a big part of what I've 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 learned and, and implemented in my practice, and I'm continuing to learn right now in my mystery school that I'm in. Is mm-hmm. that there are multiple states of consciousness above that mental structure, and you know yes. that 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 exploration is actually now where I want to sort of ask you this, Deborah. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering. So a big part of the Cosmic Love Antenna's purpose, intention as a podcast and a platform, is to help people remind remind themselves of of this potential and power that we've been talking about thus far, but specifically this spiritual power yes. and potential. Yeah. And I'm wondering, Deborah, you talked about this tapping into these higher states of consciousness that you do to help people remember their higher states of consciousness. How do you, I'm just interested as someone who loves you very much, how do you personally, Deborah, when you're not doing this work for other people, how do you cultivate that connection to those higher states? Does it look like meditation, for example? Do you do breath work? What, What does that look like for you? So I've spent decades cultivating the soil to know that state 24-7 as much as possible. That's not to say I don't dip into, you know, a human experience. Um, But over the years, my main practices have become meditation and yoga. Mm. And, you know, everyone's different. Uh, they, yoga and meditation may not be for everyone, but for me, they had a profound effect. I find I need to make sure that I'm moving my body. Um, and most importantly, I'm getting quiet and taking the time to sit and have a meditation practice. If I had to throw it all out and keep one tool, that's what I would keep. Um, But, you know, you have to cultivate the soil for this. And I've had a number of experiences that happen spontaneously, no drugs, no plant medicine, nothing, just through meditation over the years. And because of that, I... I, it was revealed to me. See, you know, when you hear that phrase, all the answers lie within, it's really very accurate. (laughs) And the, so these principles of physics were revealed to me. I wasn't ever into science. I didn't even read any science. I couldn't stand science growing up. Somehow I thought everything that was taught in school was wrong. And basically I'm finding out it was, but I had it revealed in meditation, the truth of reality. And that's where it opened my eyes and I wanted more of that. And so I sit and I meditate and I, spend time in nature as much. I don't as much as I really want to, quite frankly, but nature will reveal this as well. Um, so that's the key. I love it, my friend. And you know, the nature element, nature is a reflection of that same divinity and that potential that's inside of us. When we're in nature, it's like a, it's like a, a battery or an enhancer of that potential. And yeah, I think school, <laughs> I've talked about it before on the podcast, most of our school systems, it comes to a point where we need to unlearn all of those things rather than add something more on top. Um, Deborah, I love you very well, much. Can I love just it. add one thing yep. real quick? 
you people have to recognize that reading about something and learning about something is different than experiencing something yes. and truth and the the spiritual realm that you're talking about these higher states of consciousness they are an experience they're not head knowledge they're not something you can get from a book they are an experience so back to what you and i do we provide an experience for people so that they can't deny because when you have an inner experience, you, no one can take that from you and you can't deny it. It's, it's a reality for you. It's not something I'm trying to convince you of. And that's the ultimate is an experience. Mm. Thank you for adding that, Deborah. And it's, it is a distinction that it, and if we can learn to embody said experiences, that's what attracts other people towards us that may yeah. need that same experience itself, right? May want that, may need that, might, you know, with the chronic pain, all the things we've been talking about. Deborah, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I want to, I have one more question for you before I get to that question. I want to give you a bit of space now. You know, I know that you have, you mentioned that you have a couple of freebies that you want to offer the people listening, my audience. And also, I want to give you a bit of space now just to maybe speak a little bit more about the things that you have going on in your world at the moment that have to do with your high speed healing and that my audience can sort of lean into and take advantage of. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, first of all, I'd love to offer everyone who's listening to come to the website, which is internationalcpi.com, and you are able to instantly download an, a free copy of my best selling book, which is entitled Why Do I Still Hurt? And it's designed to begin your healing journey or take you deeper on your healing journey. It's somewhat like a workbook that will help you tap into what's unconscious that we talked about today on the podcast. So if you, especially those of you who have been suffering from chronic pain, depression, anxiety, trauma, mystery, illness, insomnia, et cetera, et cetera, the book will help you and uh, create insights and awareness and begin the healing or go deeper in your healing process. So you'll download a copy of the book and then you'll also be invited to a live call in my private Zoom room with a group of people, and we will go deeper into the conversation we're having today into the hidden reasons for pain and symptoms and suffering. So I'd love for you all to do that now and come join me. And then I always have a lot going on. So um, when you go to the website, you'll see where you can click on um, the services that I provide. And for those of you, I have pretty much something for everyone. Beautiful. There are some people who just really want to work with me one-on-one -on -one, and I do still work with a handful of very urgent cases. So you can reach out about the one-on-one -on -one, uh, services. I have my pain-free living program, which is offered digitally. It's like a home study course with no support, or I have a weekly live group and you can join that program and, and show up live and have direct access to me and some amazing people that are in that group. And our, we, we meet weekly and um, I do healing sessions in the group every week and I answer questions and work with people live. Um, yeah. yeah. So beautiful. there's a lot of choice and just, you know, if you can't figure out what's best, email us and we'll help you figure out what's the best choice for you. And as always, beautiful beings in the podcast world, uh, everything that Deborah just said, I will put in the in the show notes. So if you're in your podcast player, just go to the description of this episode and you'll see all those main links and I'll, I'll grab them off Deborah after our conversation today. Deborah, 
I love you very much. And this has been such a fun chat. And I, you know, I knew it would be, I knew we haven't had a chat in a while, but our, once we've made the connection of love, that connection of love doesn't go anywhere. And speaking of love, the last question I want to ask you, my dear friend, the main intention, the main space and place where I like to bring people to within this podcast is that deeper understanding about what actually love is. So I'm interested, Deborah. How would you define that love word personally? Wow. So love is a force that is everywhere present. It is a presence. It is a power. It literally is omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence. And if you think about those three words and what they are, that is love. And it's everywhere present. You're never separate from it. It's in you, around you, through you. You've always been that, are that, and will be that. And even if you feel separated from it right now, that is not the truth. And the work to do is to remove the obstacles that are in the way, the blind spots, so that you go back to the reality of who you are, which is love. If that's not a definition for love i don't know what is <laughs> Deborah, <laughs> thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing your heart thank you for sharing yourself with me and all of the listeners beautiful audience out there in the podcast world thank you so much for tuning in it has been an absolute pleasure to bring this conversation to you with that i am wishing all of you a wonderful evening morning afternoon wherever you are in the world both deborah and myself love you very much and i'll catch you next time here on the cosmic love antenna bye everyone thank you for listening to the cosmic love antenna podcast we hope you enjoyed be sure to follow harrison on instagram twitter and clubhouse at harrison ma that's harrison m e a g h e r Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.